Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. We are back in our home station back here in Lincoln after a riveting several days in Chicago that featured Garrett's popcorn for two of us, but not a third member. Okay. Gentlemen, how are you? Principled. That's how I am. Yeah, Brunson's is the only one you can trust amongst us three with his coverage. Apparently. Well, you guys are going to be singing the Rose Bowl's praises here over the next four months. So, same guy who's taking a media gift at every bowl game that's offered one is suddenly, you know, who else do you think he's always talking about wanting to get down to the Gator Bowl again? Yeah. For the uh, listeners, they had uh, at Big Ten Media Days, they they offered a gift, and it was Garrett's popcorn, the famous <laughs> Chicago popcorn, and a giant block of sticky notes. Yeah, of sticky notes with the Rose Bowl emblem on them. Yeah. Schaefer and I took them because we're like popcorn, or well, you didn't know what was in it, so I was kind of like, "What's in the mystery bag?" So I wanted it could be anything. I wanted to see, and uh, Bruns then kind of wagged his finger at us on the car ride home, like, "Where's your principal? We don't do stuff like that in journalism." Well, she, (laughs) the the woman at at the desk said, "Would you like a media gift?" And I said, "What is it?" (laughs) And she goes, "It's Garrett's popcorn." I was like, "I think I'm good." I, I would have probably taken the sticky note thing before the, the Garrett's. I uh, forgot that I had that popcorn, went to the radio station on Monday, got my computer out, realized I had the bag of popcorn, opened that up, and then just gave it, donated the remainder See, to the that, station. There so. you go. You're, you're a principled man, too. BC was like <laughs> killing it on the way home. <laughs> he yeah. was offering it to us <laughs> in the car. You're the one that wouldn't talk to him because he had a bag of popcorn that he received at Big Ten Media. Bruns was shaking his head like that Seinfeld episode where the woman won't take the apple pie, you know, from... <laughs> That's and, a deep cut. And, and, and Seinfeld can't figure out why, and he was just shaking his head no. Yep. I, I, I just hope it was uh, it was worth it. <laughs> you, you're gonna basically from me. You're gonna see a lot of pro Rose Bowl sentiments. Yeah. That's that's what you can expect now. A lot of, a lot of Jim so Delaney. If you were to pieces. rank all of the conferences in the country, I mean, the Big Ten cleared away is first, right? <laughs> you you have to give it to that mastermind Jim Delaney and how he's. <laughs> you think it was Jim Delaney that called down to somebody? Is like we need Garrett's popcorn here. <laughs> It's my last year. We want Garrett's. How do we influence these people? I will say, though. Cheddar and caramel popcorn, that's how. Yeah. Talking yep. bowl gifts, um, the, that Capital One Bowl backpack is still yeah. it's still still kicking, that Under Armour backpack. I used that for several years until it crapped out in 2016. I mean, I got uh, basically four years out of that book bag. The uh, the one that did not, the Gator Bowl suitcase, um, <laughs> I paid $25 to get that thing home. One use, and then it was just shot to hell. Yours is still going. Though. Well, I have the old yeah. Gator. I have the Gator Bowl bag from 2009, which is nice because it's got a compartment below it that unzips for the uh, for your dirty uh, underwear. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so what did Foster Farms give you in 2015? It was a coffee cup, yep. and they had one at every seat. And, like, that's a big press box. Yeah. and. There were maybe what like 70, eight of you, seventy-five um, leftover coffee cups. We got a paperweight at uh, the Music City Bowl, yes. right? Yeah, it was. Did we? Because I don't think I brought my back. I don't I, think that made it into the luggage. I left mine sitting on papers in the press box, waiting mm. papers there. So there you go, media gifts. All right, Greg Austin spoke yesterday, I believe. Uh, the, well, yeah. the assistant coach has been talking on Sports Nightly right. 
for about the last week. You've had Becton, you've had Fisher. Uh, anybody else I've missed in there? Uh, you got the main. They, they've been really uh, candid, haven't they? I mean, Travis Fisher was uh, yeah. honest as could be, could get into that a little bit too. But uh, I thought with Greg Austin what was interesting is he, you know, I guess he had to kind of give a rundown of everybody, so maybe this is all it was. But I think it was more than that. There's a few guys he named who I frankly had moved past, and I think most fans had. Like Brock Bond Bando. can't even say his name now. I haven't thought about him in so long. Um, you know, he says he could be a sleeper for the two deep at tackle. And then uh, Sichterman, I think we knew, was kind of maybe going to be in the mix at guard. But he brought up John Raritan, who I know is a recruit favorite, and then just it hasn't happened. But uh, he he says he's got a, a shot at it. And uh, Christian Gaylord, the senior, uh, he says we're going to count on him at some point. And uh, so, you know, there's like three or four names there that he threw out uh, that we haven't talked about as much that we should at least pay attention to the first couple weeks of fall camp. It, it seems like the – the thing I keep going back to with the line is the, the Greg Austin always says you, you're, you're trying to get your best five on the field. And it seems to me that he would be more based on what he did at UCF would be more willing to mix and match guys um, than, than maybe what we've seen in Nebraska in the past. And that's big for a guy like Sichterman who was playing a little guard uh, in the spring. He can play tackle, mm-hmm. um, you know, who knows what they're going to do at center if you're going to mix and match guys there. I think that might be your best option at this point based upon Cam Jurgen's health. Um, but th- that, that's what I keep thinking about as we get into fall camp is what, what does that best five look like? Because you, you basically have Hymas way out left. Trent Hickson's going to factor in somewhere. We don't know where yet. He's been snapping a little bit. Bo Wilson could even be an option. I mean, it, it just seems like there's a they've got more options to kind of figure out what those five are. And to add to uh, those who want to play the game, could they move Matt Farniok? Austin did say at one point he played right tackle for us last year. <laughs> That's how he described him. So I thought that was kind of an interesting little. I uh, believe I was the first person to really ride the wave of the Bryce Benhart right tackle. Matt Farniok moves inside. Well, and, it. Uh, that I could, think at some point this year that's going to be the, the formation. I don't know if it's play one against South Alabama, mm-hmm. but I suspect that Bryce Benhart will get on the field more than the four games. I don't expect him to register. I really don't. And uh, the words that Austin had to describe how quickly he's kind of acclimated himself yes. to this offensive line is only reinforces that. And he's a special talent. They really are excited about him. Obviously, they're excited about Turner Corcoran. And this is a staff that wants to get its young players on the field if they think they can help. And I don't think they're going to shy away from that, especially because I think Matt Farniak is going to be a better player inside anyways. Center is going to be really interesting the next four years. Yeah. Because Will Farniak got some praise, and maybe he's just the guy – he could be the guy this year simply because I don't want to take anything away from his progress, but some of the competition is is getting knocked off too. But you think about you got him, you got Jurgens whenever he's healthy in the mix. You've got guys like Hickson that can play center that is are still young, and now you've got Ethan Piper, who Austin really likes. Who they're going to start Piper at center as well. 
So they've got this fascinating kind of collision of like three or four guys who are still like freshmen basically or you know sophomores in the program who all could be centers or interior guys and so you would think a few of those guys could pan out but it it, somebody's gonna get left behind yeah it is definitely probably the the storyline of fall camp i think so i what was interesting with newcomers quick too besides ben hart um and Michael Lynn's a guy I think in a couple of years to really watch because he can sounds like he can play everything and already knows mm-hmm. the offense better than almost anybody. But Jimmy Fritchie is somebody, um, Austin said, if he just keeps his mentality that he's got, he's going to be a dude. Like he's going to yeah. play at some point. So um, not this year, obviously, but – uh, that that's a really interesting crop they brought in that could. I well, it's think, now six because yeah. Brant Banks moved over, and I'm a little skeptical that Banks lasted offensive line either. I never like seeing a guy who came in early change positions. It it is kind of a signal to me of a lot of different things going on, but at least those other five they're very high on. I mean, it. I know that it's pretty traditional for. Nebraska media to really kind of push the offensive line like this is a year that it's finally going to be but it it feels like they're moving in the right direction with a a position group that for several years was pretty stagnant yeah he and Austin said this is the this year he feels like he can really have a two deep he didn't feel like he had that last year now Husker fans will roll their eyes because they've heard that before it's in what's also stands out to me is when Mike Kavanaugh was here it was like that question that always had to come up. Why won't you play more than five in your rotation that got so old? And it doesn't feel like Greg Austin, maybe it's because he's a Husker alum, gets bothered by that question really at all, does he? He just plays 15 guys every game to, to, to knock that question off at the knees. Yeah, but, I mean, he last year he could play basically five guys, and you didn't hear it come up like, hey, why aren't you playing nine guys, which I always thought was the most overcooked topic we had around here. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, it was incredibly annoying uh to to have people complain about it and be like well this program does this and this program does this and this program does this yeah so moving from the offensive line what else do we have team wise that we should discuss i know we've started somewhat uh of a different feature here identifying various positions from different perspectives bc writing on guys you may have forgotten about as we head into fall camp Brunt's given overviews on positions, and I'm telling you about the uh, the guys that are the deep cuts of the recruits that they're looking at at those spots. We did outside linebacker thus far today as we're taping this as running backs. I want to stick with outside linebacker because you mentioned something in a thread um, that stuck out to me because it, it prompted me to even say it. A healthy Tyron Ferguson would be a really interesting player for this defense because we talk about Jojo Doman and we talk about Deontay Williams and we talk about how they need someone that can kind of be either an eraser or a disruptor healthy Tyron Ferguson with a good front in front of him is someone that I think could be a difference maker. I was going through the stats and kind of looking at what they have returning to that outside linebacker spot. And I mean, Tyron Ferguson was, good last year 
And the fact that he only played in eight games, I mean, you kind of forget how good he was at times. I mean, he was pretty high up in tackles, tackles for loss on the final stats last year. I'm looking right here. What did he finish with? 36 tackles, six tackles for loss, sack. I mean, that that's pretty good considering he only played in eight games and made four starts. So he's maybe the forgotten guy. I mean, every we, Alex Davis got some run at Big Ten media days. I mean, we've talked about Garrett Nelson and, and what JoJo Doman can do maybe is – unforeseen guys uh caleb tanner certainly has the the star power behind his name uh, in terms of being a big win on the recruiting show for nebraska but you know tyron ferguson's a guy that just has never he's never put together a full season yet and i i agree that he's kind of the maybe the x factor of that group if you're looking for a guy that could give you something that uh you know you need to replace luke gifford yeah i, I don't know if you guys remember this as much but when Iowa was playing Nebraska last year and they were running those stretch plays, they were just continually running them away from Ferguson. He had nine tackles in that game. And I felt like of his nine tackles, probably six of them were just him running across the field through traffic to finish the play uh, on the other side. And so I, I just – he really stood out in that Iowa game um, to me. And he's just one of those guys that I think is a better player uh, than what – maybe has been realized yet because of those injuries. And I, I do think that he's someone that fits in sort of an attacking defense like they want to be, that he could be very disruptive, whether it's coming off the edge as a blitzer or whether it's in, you know, run defense, even in pass. I mean, I, I think he's capable of, of you know, breaking things up and sticking with running backs if he has to cover them in the flats. I like, I like on paper Ferguson and Doman and what they can be. Um just please give them one full season each and it would be fun to see how that goes you know like what does what does that actually look like where it's not like oh you played two or three games and you got a hamstring injury and you missed two games um all that stuff i i think of the first we i mentioned to you guys i see it in three tiers you know the top tier at outside backers is ferguson doman and alex davis i think the second tier of Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner in a big picture manner of viewing is as big as anything this season that they get going in the right direction. Because after this year, when we get to January, there's no Alex Davis, there's no Tyron Ferguson, and JoJo Doman's a senior. At a position group, the coaches have flat out set on the record they got to have some guys in these next couple classes. And they've Blaze Gunnarsson's a pretty good start. I think uh, Jameen Graham's a guy we, who I don't think it's probably talked about as much from the last class, but is really put together at, what, 260 pounds, yeah. 255, something like that. They view him as another Alex Davis. Same who plays Gunnarsson. Like that, that type of linebacker, not yeah. the same player. They, they told him Trev Alberts, right? That was that was what they told him in his recruiting period, or re, their recruiting conversations. Jameen Graham? Or, sorry, I thought you were talking about Gunnarsson. Just... Oh, no. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Jameen Graham was getting Trey no, Alberts no, no, no. comparisons. Or, or if he was, he's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> oh, some guy from Iowa in the early yeah, 90s before I was born? Maybe. Yeah, sorry. Oh, you mean that guy that comes up in the Mel Kuyper clip? Yep. <laughs> you mean Omaha Athletic Director Trev Alberts? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's, uh, let's stick with Blaze Gunnarsson. 
obviously some big news there and apparently i just need to apologize profusely for having the audacity of saying that nebraska's outside linebacker recruiting would involve more guys that have to be developed than it would be top tier four stars and lo and behold plays gunnerson now the number 132 player in the country i mean because I'm me, I'd also point out that he's rated that way as a defensive end and was recruited as a defensive end and could still end up as a defensive end. But. Trev Alberts. <laughs> Trev Alberts. No, I, and look, I mean, I think that this group uh, and this podcast, myself in particular, has been very high on Blaze Gunnarsson. So uh, he was a huge target for Nebraska. I got that feeling very early on. Um, Big win for them. Great evaluation by the staff, considering that he didn't have any really junior film because of a shoulder injury. And Nebraska has one outside linebacker they're really excited about now. They have to go and get a couple more, and they're obviously working on that, Caden Johnson being the biggest um, that they're going after at this point. I think he's at on 125 in the country, uh, linebacker from Minnesota. Doesn't appear that he's visiting Nebraska this weekend. Still unclear if he's visiting anywhere this weekend, but I suspect that he will be at Nebraska for a game this fall. Could be South Alabama, could be Ohio State uh, sooner than later. So obviously keep an eye on that. But Blaze Gunnarsson gives Nebraska a second guy in the the top 24-7, and then he's another guy that's going to, to represent Nebraska at the – um, All-American Bowl down there in January. So clearly someone that they did a great job recruiting and a guy that I think has a chance to even move up in the rankings. I mean, because he didn't even play his junior year, he goes and has puts it together as a senior, goes down to the bowl game, has a really nice time down there. I mean, I, I wouldn't be – it's not inconceivable that he could be a top 100 player. I mean, he'd really have to have – a strong year and, and a good performance down there. But I liked what I saw at Friday Night Lights. I know that the competition that he's going against is going to be better than that. Uh, but he's an explosive player. And for somebody that he carries that weight well and he moves well with that frame, which is why there's every bit the chance that he can stay as an outside linebacker at 260 pounds. Yeah, and they have – they, they have a lot of depth on the D-line right now, obviously, but you got to look at it kind of what's that look like in a year or two when you're thinking about where a guy like Gunnarsson fits in that equation. But they do have some recruits that can fill the, the space on that D-line. Like, most I knew some from the last class. Um, he got brought up by uh, Khalil Davis as a guy who's, who's – really impressive with his stature and all that stuff so i think i think gunnerson if he can fit in at outside backer it would it would be preferred as far as just when you look at where are more spot spaces available i think that's that would be better for nebraska if that's how it ends up working out but you know we'll see what his body says about that and what his frame looks like in a year or two and all that all right we're going to take a quick break when we come back we'll be discussing something from the wheel of topics wherever it lands, and a little Husker hoops talk after Michael Brunts was let in the doors and able to look at Nebraska's upcoming basketball team. And did he come away with the feeling that this is a sweet 16 unit? Or are they headed to the CBI? One or the other. Next. (laughs) eBay Motors is here for the ride. 
Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Husker 24-7 podcast. Thank you for listening, making it all the way past the jump. I'm still Mike Schaefer. There's still Michael Brunson, Brian Christofferson. And it is now time for the Wheel of Topics. Let's spin the wheel. It's, it's going now. Um, still spinning. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we took it to Chicago and didn't actually use it last week. It was kind of a, a lot. To, look at this thing. It's still going. It's still, it's still spinning. <laughs> it took up a third of the freaking hotel room. That's true. I mean, that wasn't necessary. True. Also, it was kind of funny watching BC sit in the back of the car having to have the wheel on his lap for most of the trip. Didn't stop him from eating that popcorn, did it? <laughs> The, 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 the wheel's like a computer in like the 1960s or 70s. It's Do you think we can get side. a credential for the wheel so that way we can bring it to the game? Certainly Illinois will give us a credential for the wheel, I think. Um, so, all right, the wheel stopped. That was a that was a lot big spin. I've been working out. Um, so this week, uh, Scott Frost at Big Ten Media Days mentioned that a fan uh, sent him some underwear, presumably used from the day that Nebraska. And what are the chances that the wheel landed on the underwear topic the same week that this came out? Yeah, well, that's why it was spinning so much. It was just looking for that topic. Um, so, <laughs> sends used underwear from the night that Nebraska beat Missouri. Um, those underwear apparently willed Shevin Wiggins' foot to that ball. But um, question for you guys from the wheel. Would you ever send your underwear to somebody, uh, Mike Zimmer, maybe somebody like that? You're asking if I'd send my underwear to somebody. That's the question. It's <laughs> a very weirdly specific question, considering these were written up in early June. Yeah. <laughs> what if What if I just said yes? What if what I, like? What if What if I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah? I definitely would. I would. BC probably already has. Dante I, Culpepper has a pair of his from two thousand and two. Cleanup hitter Michael Kadire from the Twins six or seven years ago. I felt he deserved a pair. Would you guys send like some really bad underwear to Blair Walsh? <laughs> no. Hey, <laughs> uh, it's like a used diaper. I can't imagine sending a coach anything, let alone it being underwear. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by the people that felt that this was necessary or something that they wanted to do. Uh, I don't know what the end game is, I guess. 
Well, I think it's luck, isn't it? Well, maybe with this specific one, but if you've sent Scott Frost a potato that you carved that looks like Scott Frost, what, what are you hoping for there? What, that what? he takes a photo of your potato and you go viral, even though nobody knows that you did it? It's just like him holding up these like holy, dirty briefs from 22 <laughs> years ago. So, it, Are we assuming they're, they're boxers? I guess. That's what he said. He said they're boxers. Oh, okay. Let's, let's not disparage the person and call him a briefs man here. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole different discussion altogether but uh w- would there also be something that scott frost would have said that he was sent that would have that you where you would have been like oh underwear aren't that bad like if you like human anthrax hair, human hair like is that <laughs> human hair this is my back hair from your uh touchdown in the the missouri game uh yeah human hair would very, rank very high um, I don't know. I mean, did did the story, it all sounds terrible? Did the story surprise you? I guess maybe that's a better question. Because on one level, yes, it surprises me. On another level, no, it doesn't. No, because there's like it's a very very small percentage in this fan base who it's just like you, no filter. You gotta get a different hobby, like or at least a few hobbies to distract you sometimes a year. And the lesser no, those people that are members of Husker twenty four seven don't find a new hobby. <laughs> Stick around. You, you on have the a board. fantastic hobby, no, actually. Uh, Just like Pat Fitzgerald, shame on you. We love all of our phone using Husker twenty four seven members. Keep looking at that phone. I, I think it's okay to have a hobby of like I am pretty into this team and I'm going to follow the coverage. But then there's what if your that, hobby is po- carving potatoes of people and then sending it to them. See, that's I, you're you're crossing a line there. And there's just some people who you can tell they get they get every little thing affects them in such a way. It's just like you can follow this thing closely and subscribe to our place, which they should. But let's let's have a little perspective here and not send our. <laughs> My concern for you, Brian, is you really opened yourself up for people to just start sending you underwear. <laughs> no, well, I hope I don't think so. Me. <laughs> You're telling them to get a hobby. Maybe their new hobby is going to be antagonizing you. <laughs> Just mailing underwear through the postal service. That would be a be rough. <laughs> Just throw those things away. Yeah. So what? What did Frost do with it? I guess I didn't. He just. I don't. I don't know. Oh. I mean, I'm so sure. Maybe they're I'm like sh- hanging up. I'm sure they're probably not like in his desk drawer or anything like that. But <laughs> he just stands up at the end of that interview, and I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Thanks, thanks for the wheel. The wheel delivers once so again. So we all agreed we wouldn't send our underwear in the R- mail. And did we... Shocking turn of events. <laughs> and we're, and we're also not surprised that underwear were sent, though. No. No. With that... Right. <laughs> well, let's move to Fred Hoiberg. No idea whether any underwear has been sent to him yet, though that should be a question that gets brought up at some point after he comes back from Italy. I'm sure somebody in Ames back in the 90s sent him some underwear. He's the mayor. Oh, man. He's the mayor. And he needs a nice pair of briefs. (laughs) All right. You watch basketball for the first time of its new iteration. What is the new normal of Nebraska basketball based on the 25 minutes that you watched? Or two hours, whatever it was. It was was like two hours. Uh, It was – so here's – we know that there was a large roster turnover. Like, we know that. Do we? We do. I don't know if some people have figured that out. 
But it's it, it was pretty striking when you're standing there and there's like 12 or 14 new guys out on this court. And for some reason, James Palmer Jr. pokes his head out of the Nebraska <laughs> locker room like, like what? What are you doing here? And what, like, it was just a very odd, like, juxtaposition. Anyways, um, they, I, I would probably pump the brakes on the Sweet 16 talk based on the two hours of the third practice of the season that I saw. But, uh, so they're bums. Uh, <laughs> he didn't say no. They I, went- would, I would probably slow down the bum talk too. Okay. So, uh, not bums, not Sweet 16. Somewhere, somewhere in the somewhere middle. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. But it, it's uh, it's an int- it, it's. I think they're going to play fun basketball. I, I don't know what it's going to lead to this year, but it, it's going to be fascinating to watch how this group comes together because because it's just I can't imagine having to essentially build a culture at a place when you're a brand new coach and having to do it with completely new players who have never played there, don't know each other, and kind of building that from the ground up. Did they have the? Uh- Four point line. It, w- it was there. Um, I was waiting for the MTV Rock and Jock twenty five point basket to come down from the ceiling. Yeah. It didn't. <laughs> um, but it's you can see what they're trying to do. I mean, you're you're trying to create space. Um, the the dr- offensive drills that they were running were all at a fast pace. Get the ball up the floor quickly. It, it was it was interesting to watch Fred Hoiberg coach too because he, he's really involved, but he's not an in-your-face kind of guy. Like, he, he's pretty quiet throughout the whole thing. Uh, there, there was one point where guys weren't going full speed and kind of shocked everybody, I think, with a, an F-bomb and, you know, get it get it going. But The mayor swears? It surprised me. Hmm. But, Do you think uh, Bill Moose knew this when he agreed to <laughs> hire him? I think so. Wow. So, um, yeah, it, it was... It was Bill Moose was sent any underwear? Uh, at Nebraska or wa- in general, I'm sure. I thought we had cleared that topic. <laughs> Here we are again. You keep bringing us well, back. Here's the thing: Nebraska <laughs> keeps hiring new coaches. The next thing I need to find out is somebody sent underwear or something to Will Bolt. I mean, it's a little early for underwear, isn't it? It could be. Maybe some sliding pants, <laughs> compression shorts. <laughs> the I mean the you didn't really get a, a huge look at you know, what they're going to do or whatever. And, and Cam Mack wasn't even practicing yesterday. But, you know, a, a couple guys stood out to me. Matei Kavas, he's got a great-looking shot. Uh, I think he can do a lot of things in this system uh, if they can get somebody to drive and dish to him. Um, one guy that you're not going to see this year who I'm intrigued to see how he comes out of a redshirt year is Delano Banton, uh, the kid from Western Kentucky. Six foot eight, hundred ninety-five pounds. He's all elbows, limbs, and was running the point. Are they uh, going to chain him to the training table? That you you probably have to. Um, but I mean, he comes back next year, and he's a, a year younger than what his age should be, uh, grade wise. You get him up to two hundred fifteen pounds. I mean, that, he's a skilled player, and you know, a guy that would really fit into that style of offense. So, I mean. Say it, I'll say it now. I mean, I, I think if they can develop him, that he's going to be pretty special. But um, yeah, it's just kind of a, a few takeaways. Uh, Samari Curtis was, was probably the most impressive uh, of the freshmen that I saw. 
looks physically ready. Hoiberg said he was shooting around 50% from three uh, in practice. Uh, Mr. Ohio basketball. Mr. Ohio basketball. So, hmm. Was it a full scrimmage? No, nah, they were just doing drills. Okay. That, that's the whole thing. Is It's like, okay, you saw them installing offense and defense, yeah. and they, they were going to do more scrimmaging type stuff uh, last night. So. Do you is there any concern that you have about Cam Mack or is that just a formality? They seemed pretty confident that they were gonna get word in forty eight hours about him being okay. It was just finishing an online class. He's gonna play in Italy, I guess, so there's not a ton of concern there. One guy that 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 I didn't mention, um, you know, is they're kinda of going through an installing system and you know you you could tell the difference in levels from where guys were. You know, the the guys who had transferred in, Matej Kavas, Hanif Cheatham's another guy that I think is going to be really important for this team in terms of leadership and kind of doing the small things that you need a veteran guy to do. Those guys were a little bit ahead of understanding of where everybody else was, including the JUCO guys, certainly the freshmen. Um, but, you know, Cheatham is going to be really key. I don't know, you know, if he's going to do – go out and average, you know, 15 a game or anything like that. But he's going to do a lot of little things uh, in, in the locker room, uh, the, the hustle plays, you know, getting his hands on balls in the lane, that kind of stuff uh, that, that should help um, this team, especially early on. I mean, I, I'm just really curious when, when you're in November what this team's going to look like. It's got to be really hard. Coaches always talk about the culture thing, but – when everybody to a workplace or a team is new right, and you don't have anybody who's been like, hey, this is how we do things around here and everybody's learning it at the exact same time, that's pretty fascinating. Um, and I don't remember Hoiberg, obviously, first year at Iowa State, but I'm, I'm – do you know how, how many players he had back, like from the pers- four guys, four scholarship guys? So he had a little more of guys who at least, hey, this is what it's like. It, I mean, they got to adjust to the new coach themselves. But there's something to be said for I've, I've lived here in this town for a while, right. and I, I understand this and that. All these guys are trying to figure out what's what, you know, trying to get around campus even. It's a, uh, it, it is interesting, and and it. The other part of it is too. I mean, you. I mean, how how do you? It's a question of how do you build culture. I mean, in I, I was wondering too. So you know, Fred Hoiberg and his staff pulled this this group together really fast. I mean, you know, they'd make contact with a guy he'd visit a couple of days later. You usually get a commitment after that. I mean, that first day, or or when you're working out in June. There, there's probably a little bit of a question in these guys' minds of, okay, this is who I think this player is. Is that who's actually going to you know, yeah. show up and, and be working out? And then how do you fit those pieces together? I mean, it's – they had to go the, – the European trip is huge for this group in terms of just not only figuring out, you know, rotations and, you know, where guys are going to fit in, but – Hell, Create something. Knowing guys' names. Yeah. Well, it's tough if, if you're a player and you are more of a leader and you want to ch- you chew somebody out. Um, what makes it so tough is if you haven't been here, the other person's looking at you like, "What makes you the freaking, you know?" Yeah, like when you first came here and you started yeah. changing things yeah, and, and yelling was, at Brunson and I to like, I'll do eat my better. Freaking caramel popcorn, Brunson. <laughs> <and, laughs> you know. <laughs> 
just a making demands all over the place. And that's, that's true. Brunt is pretty bossy. Those were rocky days. <laughs> Did you see anything out of Thorir? You know, I asked this because I heard from somebody else that thought that he is going to be more of a part of the team than people might have guessed. This offense asks people to play in space, and I think that his style of play lends itself to like he he's got a he's got a good basketball IQ, and I think he's he's pretty comfortable. He's a good passer. Yeah, I think he's actually better with the ball than people might realize. Mm-hmm. Where Thor's shortcomings are to me is that he's so limited on offense. Right. But if if you're in transition, I feel pretty strongly he's going to get the ball where it needs to be correctly. Yeah. And no, with pace. I think that's one reason why you might see more of him. I mean, the, the other reason is is I, I question what they're going to be able to get from some of the freshmen. I mean, I, I think that – I think a Cola Rope is a really intriguing player. Um, he's skilled. Also needs to be chained to the training table. Another guy that needs to add weight. I mean – you look at a lot him, of pasta like, in Italy for this group. <laughs> How'd you gain twenty five pounds? Ravioli went to Milan. Um, but I mean, you, you put twenty five pounds on a rope. I mean, that that's he's a pretty intriguing wing. Then uh, how much does he help him this year? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's where a guy like Thor, that's kind of been through the Big Ten a little bit, um, maybe helps you. And I and I agree. I mean, I, I think he's probably more skilled in the open court than, than what uh, people maybe give him credit for. If he can show that he can knock down a three, maybe, maybe that helps him even more. Meanwhile, in-state recruiting is going to be, for hoops, as, as interesting as it's been in a long time. Yeah. I mean, you've got Hunter Salas, who's a, a top 100 player, top 60 player, I guess, according to 24-7 Sports. Salas and the Stangs, as mm-hmm. they call him. Ch- Chucky Hepburn at uh, Bell West, also sitting on some pretty good offers. Uh, the Green Kid also at Millard West, Max Merle at Millard or Millard North, both of them at Millard North. Sorry, not, not to short change the so Mustangs. So not used to this. Yeah, I know this is new. Yeah, what has happened to Millard North hoops? It, it's uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. Like I told you guys, I, I think the the most notable basketball player besides Mike Johnette from the eighties. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, uh, was Lance McNaught, who later became Lance Cade, uh, and was a uh, tag team, WWF tag team champion Murdoch. before he uh, passed away. Don't you always, when you think of local basketball players, just think of the best player from a high school in the state being whoever was there when you were in high school? <laughs> like, I think of uh, Ben Chestnut when yeah. I think of uh, Miller North, because he was kind of in my age bracket, I think. He he briefly walked on at Nebraska. Yeah, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's a long history of guys that walk on at Nebraska for like a year and then go elsewhere or just stop playing basketball. So what are you saying about their new walk on? It's good. Quite he was hitting threes yesterday. He's an interesting guy because he tore his ACL before the start of his senior year and still made it back to be their sixth man. Yes. Uh, I don't know if he's going to ultimately be Johnny Trueblood in five years, but certainly intriguing enough. Yeah, the, the one walk-on that I was kind of impressed by yesterday was Charlie Easley, the, the mm. guard out of Pius. He uh, he, he was he was shooting okay. He used to scoring. Yep. All-time leading good player scorer at Pius. Yeah. Well, anything else you'd like to add? No, I think uh, I think I've made mountains out of molehills enough there. <laughs> it's enough underwear talk for one day. Yeah, I think that's fair. Enough jockey talk. 
All right. Well, as always, be sure to check out Husker247.com. See what is going on there. Like I said, we've got several series going. Running backs today, I believe defensive backs tomorrow. Uh, other positions popping up throughout the weekend. We will carry strong Nebraska coverage all the way up until, what, August 1st? Is that when things get kicked off? Yeah. That's the, the opener? Yeah, it really heats up. But we're... We're keeping it rolling right now. Yeah, and people can. They should look on their phone. The oven's pretty heated. It. Yeah, I mean we're we're cooking. Pull out your phone and look at it. So several times. Don't and stay anticipate, on the site a while. <laughs> I, I don't anticipate any visits for Nebraska this weekend officially, but you might hear of some local guides or some other people stopping by for unofficial visits. We'll have those when they become known. Um, But as I said, be sure to stop by Husker 24-7, and we'll be back next week with another podcast.